Good morning, guys. Whew. So, I had a rather successful morning. So far. And it is only 7.46 so far. So I'm right on time. Um, so what I did last night was... I um, sat down and planned out like a perfect morning and a perfect evening. Because the thing is, what I struggle with isn't, well, there's a lot to struggle with, let's put that out there. Um, but one of the main things that I have difficulty with is in um, what not to do. So I need to like clarify some big no-nos that I'm like, I do not want to do these things and go from there. Um, so the big things that I found that I struggle with are my phone in the mornings, my phone in the evenings, which is pretty much obvious for anybody in today's day and age. Um, and then I struggle with my um, playing video games. Those are somehow separate, but yes. Um, so yeah, so basically what I, I kind of drill down like a ten or eleven things I want to do in the morning that are just simple and easy to do and are and I picked an order and stuff like that my wife was just like you know hey just keep in mind that you know you're not going to get this all at once and you're not going to be perfect and you're not going to I said I know but I've been working on it and I've been trying to get the morning routine down more and more and more and it's not going to be perfect every day habits are not made in a day but what I have done is I've kind of ground myself into being like, okay, I wake up at six every morning and I'm working, you know? I would like to have that be every day, but I'm still kind of one of those people who's just like, hey, it's Friday for me. Let's have a couple drinks and stay up late and play video games. So I got to wrap that up, but, you know. So, yeah. I just played a two-hour morning from 5.45 to 7.45, and it worked out really well. Like, I was able to do some stuff. I was able to work out. I was able to relax. I mean, a lot of it depends on prep and stuff like that, but it was a good morning. Anyways, Module 4 Technical, Chapter 4 Advantage. Uh, this is good. The definition of advantage in the law book is a very broad one, and it is your individual discretion to analyze and apply the advantage according to the particular circumstances in front of you. Referees with little experience can be unsettled by this responsibility and tend to ask for more specific advantage guidance. Um, the truth is that the perception and analysis of the game situations and consequential application of the advantage law is a skill that needs to be... Sorry. I'm driving and I'm reading at the same time. It's mildly snowy out, so... Needs experience in game understanding. And referee can't gain these overnight. So basically what they just said there was, it takes time and your own personal style to do it. You're not going to get it overnight. This is probably the most difficult area of consistency. But again, if you can drill this down and be like, all right, I saw advantage here. I saw that, you know. So the two types of advantage... Now, the whole goal of advantage is to keep the game flowing fairly and not just have scrum and penalty, scrum, penalty, scrum, penalty, scrum, penalty. Right? Because what that ends up being is a very slow and tedious game that nobody enjoys. So the goal of advantage is to keep the game flowing in a fair and safe way. 
Your safety's at stake, stop the game. Your fairness is at stake, blow the penalty, have a chat, do your card, do whatever you need to do. So, there are two types of advantage that can be gained. There's territorial and there's tactical. But ultimately, the point is, the benefit from the advantage must always be real and not just an opportunity to benefit, which may or not become real. So if they have an opportunity way out wide, and it's a penalty advantage, the opportunity is not there. That's a tough one. Even right there, that's tough. But the basic thing is it has to actually be effect, a real advantage. For example, if it's a penalty on the 40-yard line of the attacking ball, they get advantage, and they get a 2-on-1, and they advance it to like the 22, advantage is way gone. I'm sorry, that was confusing. Um, again, this is very difficult. Advantage is a very difficult thing to do. Um, having said this, as a referee, you are the sole judge of this fact, and it may help you in your decision-making if you ask yourself the following questions in each situation. What is the infringement? So what was the penalty? Not rolling away 20 black. Can I play advantage? Matter of analysis. Can I play advantage? Yes, I can. It was not foul play. It was not two knock-ons. It was not, you know, ball unplayable, whatever. Is the advantage territorial or tactical or both? Territorial is pretty simple. A gain in yards. At the top levels, a penalty, you blow a penalty. They kick for touch. Oh, man, I'm freezing. Um, you blow a penalty, they kick for touch, they gain 40 yards. 40 meters. Right? Safe assumption. So, I'm not saying every penalty needs to be 40 meters. But oftentimes, when they get the advantage and they make a line break, they gain 10 to 20 meters. In my mind, on a penalty advantage... They're going to get some broken play. They're going to have the opportunity to do more. So, therefore, it kind of blends into both, in my estimation. So, initially, it's territorial. Then you get broken play. It's tactical. If it's one guy running alone and he doesn't go anywhere, you might just come bring it back. Um, the third question, uh, territorial, tactical. Has the advantage been gained? If not, go back. It's a decision. Um... This is great. If continuity of play is the holy grail of the game of rugby union, the comprehensive and creative implementation of the advantage law is key. Is the key the referee gives to the teams to provide this freedom of play. The referee gives to the team. Whatever. The advantage law in rugby allows the referee the latitude to let the game flow, even if one or more infringements have occurred. You are free to let play continue, provided that the non-offending team gains an advantage in the situation, from the situation. The advantage law is a key element of the appeal of rugby, and it distinguishes our game from other team sports. It really does. In any match with a number of physical and technical contests, there will be offenses that the referee will guard as non-material effect. You should register these offenses, but not be punishing them as long as the teams suffer the infringement can gain advantage from play being allowed to continue. I think non-material, you can almost just wave off. Um, like 
I'm not going to go through task one and task two. They're kind of just... But task two is kind of good. Uh, list seven possible factors an experienced referee could bring into consideration when applying the advantage law in addition to the points already mentioned. Seven possible situations or factors. You know, number of penalties, situations, time of the game, you know. So, advantage. A summary of guidelines. Advantage ensures the continuity of play. Duh! If advantage is possible, do not stop the game. Don't use the whistle. It's so much better, and it's so much more freeing to say... Pedal the advantage, black. Stick your arm out, bring it down. Carry on. Now, this is one thing that I learned about advantage. This is a small nugget. Do not leave your arm out and keep running around with your arm out. It looks really stupid, one. You'll run past players and you'll have to pull your arm down and then put it back out. It looks like a chicken wing that you're stuck out there. Put it out, announce it clearly. Black penalty advantage. Like, that's the tone of voice. That like that, that volume is pretty much all you need. Oftentimes, you don't need more. Because you're talking to the players. You don't need to scream. It's almost like you're on stage. You're announcing it, you know. Um, advantage means possession of the ball plus territorial or tactical advantage. You decide whether to play advantage or not. You decide also if the advantage has been gained or not. Don't play advantage if. This is important. Uh, the baller player carrying it touches you. Yeah, you're kind of... You, you, some people treat the referee like the grounds. Some people treat the ref like... Just a complete do-over. I view it as... You should not play advantage of it, but if the ball hits you... And no team gains a fair advantage or any big advantage... I view it as play on, but... If an advantage is gained, you, it's your job to come back and be like, Alright... Um, don't play advantage if the ball comes out of the tunnel at a scrum without being played. That's fair. Uh, scrum collapses, or in a scrum the player is lifted in the air. It's just unsafe. Uh, there is a dangerous situation. Or a double knock-on. Two knock-ons, like you can play a knock-on, knock-on advantage, knock-on advantage, and we're done. Back to the first one. No advantage was gained. Take also into consideration, avoid putting the team playing the advantage under pressure. So if they're going backwards and backwards and backwards, yes, some games can happen that way, but oftentimes advantage is kind of a tough one to do. Um, avoid waiting too long for an advantage to materialize. The longer it goes on, the less likely it is to happen. Avoid not giving an advantage long enough to materialize. Avoid not giving it. Give it a moment to develop. Let the game breathe. Um, apply the advantage law according to the game context. And communicate the advantage play both beginning and end with signal and voice. There's no advantages over signal, I don't think, at least. Um, also keep in mind, guys, I like that it says apply to the game context. There will be games where you don't want to play advantage, where you want that two to three seconds to really slow the game down and be like, hey, let's chill out, you know? 
You can even make your motions nice and slow. Like, beep. Offsides. Six black. Six, I need you to take a couple more steps, please. You understand? Great, thank you. Then they tap and go or whatever. Materiality. Materiality. Sorry. Let's consider two statements. In a complex game situation, not all player infringements will be penalized. Gasp. Not all of these fences will lead to the application of the advantage law. Gasp. So they're going unpunished? What? To many people's surprise, gasp. Indeed, there are lots of instances when infringements by a player are seen by the referee and not penalized in a game of rugby. What are they doing? So the above two statements are not are the reality of any game of rugby. Hold please, middle light. And go. Damn it. Um Still, these statements sometimes are confusing not only to spectators, but to also to referees. The reason for this apparent contradiction is the concept of materiality. Boom, boom, boom. Thank you. This concept is a vital addition to the advantage law and must be fully understood by all match officials. It is vital for your game management that you don't confuse materiality with ignorance of infringements. This is really where management comes into full effect. The difficult with non-materiality materiality is that the referee has to take into consideration if a particular offense is non-material in the context of the incident itself, the match as a whole, and the game of rugby across all matches. Bearing this in mind, it is very important that when you consider an offense to be non-material, you observe the following. One, acknowledge that an offense has occurred. Two, make the offending player aware of the infringement and potential consequences of further infringements. So, I'm sorry, there's this. I gotta check if this is the end of the chapter, because then I can waffle on for a bit. They can fill books with, about materiality. Materiality is not an easy one to do. Yeah, that's it. Okay, cool. Um, so materiality, this is where management comes into effect. If something stupid happens that is really not a big deal, for example, like the, the far side, say you're on like a five-meter scrum or something like that, the far side way across the other field winger is inching up. Is this material? No. If your AR radios that in and says offside 11 black. Okay. First off, that's, I, like the, I like the eagerness, but this is where I tell you as an AR to use your, use your judgment and be like, hey, 11, give me one more step. If he's 10 meters up and he's bolting and they're going way out wide, then yeah, we'll ping him. But if they go weak side or they go somewhere that's not there, does this really make a difference? The very clear and obvious answer is no, it does not make a difference. Um, so, and this is, and again, advantage and materiality are the probably the biggest debated, debated issues in the game. Um, 
so going into this, I'm really just reading through this. Um, advantage checklist. Uh, after a foul or dangerous play near the goal line, don't play advantage, especially for U19 games. Consider, consider a penalty try in lieu of a penalty, especially if a try would have been scored if that player had not been there. If dangerous play occurs in general play, don't play advantage. Um, establish guidelines to to decide whether the advantage has been obtained should the play return to the original infringement or continue. Example, if an advantage is being played and further knock-on occurs, this will come with experience. A good practice is to ask, what advantage did a non-infringing team gain? As well as playing advantage, you should call playing advantage an advantage over. So, first off with advantage... Like, bullet points, be clear. Be clear with what you're saying. Black, penalty advantage. You say penalty advantage because a knock-on advantage is far more different. It's very sh much shorter, and it's really just kind of bang, bang, bang. Um, a knock-on advantage, to me, is maybe one or two passes without absolute pressure. So you're not going backwards, and you're, you're, you're in a comfortable position. Bang, bang, you're done. Um... That's more of like you have the freedom, you're comfortable, you're good. Um, materiality is a tough one to ping down. I guess the question is, did it affect the overall play of game? So if, for example, in that same situation I just said, if it's a 5-meter scrum on the sideline... Sorry, not a 5-meter scrum. Say it's like midfield, about, about like the 10-meter line, but it's 5 meters from touch. Let's explain that better. And the um, the blind side or the the short side winger is creeping up. That's an immediate impact in the game. Like that guy, that that eight takes a peek and looks to the left, sees that guy there. He's not going to go that way. That player has changed the game. If I'm unable to be like, you know, fourteen back, and he doesn't respond, that's an immediate penalty advantage. Because he has changed the decision-making of the game. Okay? The best way to manage these things, if you're not playing advantage, if you see something and you're aware of it, or your mic radio, or your, this is even better when your AR radios it in and there's no possible way you could have seen it, and it didn't deserve anything, you just look at them and are like, next line out, you're walking up to like, you know, 14 or something like that. Hey, 14, I need you to take another step back. I know you're excited. I know the ball's coming out, but I'm seeing it. You haven't made any impact yet, but let's be aware of it, okay? That says a lot of things right there. Just, hey, I need you another step. It says a lot of things right there. Um, it says, hey, I'm aware of it. Second, I'm omniscient. I can see all. And three, don't do it again. Otherwise, I'm going to ping you. And now you know to watch for it. But that's all I got, guys. I'll see you guys later.